Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey guys, you're listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Marketing Talk podcast. Now for your hosts, Jason Wright and Brandy Montambo. What is going on everybody? Jason Wright here with another episode of the show. Specifically, this is episode number 180. Finally got that one released. So, fun times, 180. Yeah, I thought that was a lot until I talked to somebody yesterday with uh, just under 400. So, it's all perspective, uh, I guess, right? <laughs> anyway, um, today I do have an awesome guest with me on the show. Um, I'm going to do a bit of self-reflection here. Um, right now... We are in, let's see, a week, week and a half before Christmas, 2019. Uh, I was just thinking about this. A year ago, a year ago, new business for me was basically um, non-existent, right? Uh, I'd been doing this business full-time for less than a year, and I remember my wife saying, if something doesn't pick up soon, like, you're going back to corporate America. Like, you don't have a choice. And she still wasn't completely sold on the stability and longevity of this type of business, kind of in the digital marketing world. And I was like, I'm not going back no matter what. And there was like a three or three and a half week period where I didn't even have a conversation about new business. And I think it ended the first full week after New Year's. And just just, just remembering that was like, man, this was a kind of a brutal time of year last year. We fast forward to now and it's uh, business is booming. Things are going really good. And it's just that uh, that momentum game. It's that repeat business referral game, you know, getting sharper with what you like, what you don't like, pivoting, saying no more often. I see the little things I'm doing differently, but it's just interesting to um, take a peek over my shoulder and see where I've come from. So um, regardless of where you are, if you're not where you want to be with your business, sometimes time, sometimes time is the thing you need more of to to get to where you want to go. So for whatever whatever that's worth, uh, enjoy that little story. Today's episode is going to be an awesome one. Uh, great guest, great conversation. Uh, he even has an awesome accent, which you'll see. I won't spill the beans any further than that, but this podcast is brought to you by Funnel Building for Profit. How could it not be? How could it not be? Funnel Building for Profit, for anybody that doesn't know, is kind of the name that I've given the teaching side of my business. So, you know, I work with the sales funnels, with active campaign, click funnels, and Facebook ads. And I generally work with clients who want me to do work for them or want consulting. Well, Funnel Building for Profit is teaching other people the same information, but people that want to do it themselves or people that want to learn to do what I do. So it's really interesting. We've got a great community on our Facebook group, and it's free. And I have this resource. It's basically a 30-day free course that gives you my style of teaching, my exposure to how to build funnels. And it's a... Uh, you know, you can do it step by step. There's five and a half hours of content. You can do it in any order that you like. And the feedback I've been getting recently has been really, really positive. So if that sounds like something interesting to you, like I said, it's free. Uh, FunnelBuildingForProfit.com is something worth checking out. All right, enough about me and my journey and my sponsor. Um, let's check out this interview. Let's check out this interview with uh, Steven right now. All right. What's going on, everybody? Jason Wright here. I've got another amazing guest with me on the podcast this week. I've got Stephen Summers. Let me tell you what I know about Stephen. 
He is a co-founder of a company called Marketplace Superheroes, and he is a serial entrepreneur and an e-commerce expert. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Thank you very much, Jason. Delighted to be here and love the bookshelf. I'm, I'm looking at some of those books. I'm like, <laughs> I have them on my shelf as well. I like it. Awesome. So your story is uh, super interesting to me. I was able to dig into that a little bit, but for the mm -hmm. folks listening and watching, I'd love for you to share with us kind of how you got started and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, sure. And there's, it's kind of a little bit, a, a little bit long, but I'll keep it as short as I can because there's sort of two stories now and awesome. uh, all the businesses we've done. So yes, yeah, so I'm 32 years old now, just for context. And, uh, I, I started in business, you know, when I was much younger, I was really into the music industry, actually wanted to play music for a living. You might've guessed I didn't make it. Of course, that's fine. <laughs> And, you know, it was, that's what I wanted to do with my life. And so my entire teens, I was organizing concerts, doing them the whole way up. And then got to my, my late teens, my early 20s, moved out of home to two years college studying business. I didn't know what I wanted to do in college. I started to relearn a lot about business from books and stuff like that. But decided I was smart enough to leave home in uh, my early 20s and go and try and make it in music. So uh, I think it was 19 when I left. And so we played music for a while all the rest didn't work out as I mentioned. So I was doing that for a few years and I was working a job during the day as a data processor while I was playing music as a lot of people do. Right. Yep. And so it all, the band broke up and everything. And all of a sudden my world sort of really shifted because the thing I thought I was going to do for the rest of my life just ended, just ended, just gone, done. And so I was in a situation where a lot of my entrepreneurial background I had just doing concerts and things like that I'd sort of forgotten really because I spent a number of years after the band finished my like literally from the time I was maybe in my early 20s right up to three maybe two three three and a half years just really negative headspace became really unhealthy eating crap food drinking too much alcohol all that kind of stuff really not dealing with the day-to-day -day very well because I just didn't know what to do I was pretty directionless but I started looking online for, you know, how to make money online. It's a pretty common thing people search. And of course, I started finding loads of crap, you know, really bad stuff. And I started buying into it all, you know, as a lot of people do. Like, cause you're kind of desperate. You're trying to find a way. And there was no real good mentors back then. Like, thankfully, today it's much better than it was when I started. But, but anyway, I started going down this path of trying to learn affiliate marketing and all that kind of stuff. And of course, you know, there's nothing wrong with affiliate marketing, but, but unfortunately I just kept finding the, you know, I'll teach you how to make money and that's how I'm going to make money, a kind of thing, even though I'd never made money before, who the hell was I going to teach? Yeah. So, so long, long story short, you know, I got really tired of that crap and I just said, I can't, I can't do this. I mean, I, I have never made money before. So I decided to go and do something that I didn't have to be an expert in. I, I could feel good about selling the stuff I was selling and I realized, you know, well, physical products makes good sense because I, I can maybe get to a stage where I don't have to touch the products and all the, 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 the dreams that we have right yeah. before we get into business. And so again, cutting the story short, I, I looked for someone to help me because I kept buying all these info products, wasn't learning a whole lot. Everyone was going on with drop shipping all the time. I was like, how do you make money at that? Seems like it's very hard to make money doing that, etc. And I ran into this guy called Robert, who's still my business partner to this day. And he was selling on Amazon, eBay and places like that his own products as well as branded products that he was buying from the UK. And so I thought, well, here's something real, something I could maybe learn. And so luckily for me, he agreed for me to come up and, and stay there for a week and see like how things worked. And of course I thought, great, I'm going to go and 
live the laptop lifestyle now. This is what I've been hoping for. And I get up to Northern Ireland, where, where the warehouse was, which was freezing cold, rats running around outside. And all of a sudden he said, I hope you're wearing work boots because you gotta be lifting boxes all day. I thought this is, this is way different to what everyone's talking about. I am not, I'm not on a beach or anything. And so I just started learning then hands-on for that week how things work. I loved it. I just thought this is something I want to do. So quit my job and just went all in. So I spent about nine months working with Robert, learning every day, learning how things worked. And I started to think back to a lot of the, the business book knowledge I had acquired while I did my two years in college. And my, I did a third year and I got a diploma at nighttime. But I never finished college. I just felt like I wasn't really learning very much. And so um, basically, I took all that book knowledge that I'd acquired from reading outside college books that I really started to enjoy. I put it together with what I was learning from Robert and, and what Robert was doing. And we basically re-engineered the business because at the time, his company, yes, they were selling on Amazon and eBay, but they were in very competitive niches. They were selling one type of product and going very deep in that niche. So it was actually TV stands and things like that, uh, brackets, whatever you want to call them, wall mounts, whatever. And so we were in the situation where he had two warehouses, eight staff, he was very stressed. And I came along and thought, well, if I could take some of the stuff I've been learning, apply some of the things that he knows, maybe we could you know, form something new. So at the time, Amazon FBA, Fulfillment by Amazon, for anybody not listening, uh, which is basically whereby you can send your products to Amazon, they hold them in their warehouse, and then you sell on the Amazon platform. And whenever somebody buys from you, Amazon ship it out on your behalf. Uh, that was kind of growing in popularity then. It's funny because it's so popular now, whereas then it was just kind of a new thing. Hmm. And so, yeah, we basically uh, decided to get rid of the warehouses, get rid of all the people, um, go and start finding products in new markets really aggressively and just see like, could we build a business where we didn't need as many people and all of that. So we worked our asses off for a year and long story short, you know, we did turn it into a, a multi seven figure business in about, you know, 14 to 18 months time from where we re-engineered everything. And we almost had to start again. We needed a whole new product lines, everything. And uh, yeah, we, we did that for a few years then where we were just kind of, we had this business, it was doing well. And, you know, we got a bit bored because I thought back to when I started learning this stuff and I had no mentors and I just thought, you know, there's a lot of people teaching this Amazon thing and really a lot of the stuff they're teaching, we have a very different approach. We have a different way of thinking. Maybe we should teach that, you know, and I've been reading about direct marketing for a while and I thought, yeah, like this is a good opportunity to actually do some of the stuff I've been reading about long ago. We can actually do some of this now with something I believe in. So we, we started Marketplace Superheroes 2014. Long story short, it's now, it's an eight-figure business now. We do multiple seven figures a year in revenue as a wow. training business. Yeah, and we, we start, we've had a freight company now. Uh, we actually do freight for all our members. We have a warehouse in Houston, Texas. We have a warehouse in Northern Ireland. And we just opened one in Australia to, to basically slash the freight uh, costs for all of our members. Uh, we've got now 4,300 members almost going through our program. And, you know, it's, it's a cool business. We do, we do very well from it, but we also have engineered it so that ourselves and our clients, we only succeed long-term if they succeed. In other words, if they don't keep using our freight service, we don't really have a long-term business. So it's yeah. up to us to keep training them, et cetera. 
So that's the full story. I know it's kind of a little bit longer, but I tried to shorten as much as I can. <laughs> but that's basically it. <laughs> no, I love it. It's, uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of people on this podcast and off this podcast, and that's a very different story than I've heard. So I like that. Let me, cool. I'm really curious about a couple of things. Um, for you, and, and people always want to know this, and I want to know this, what's more fun? Is it the destination to get to where you are right now, or is it the, is it the journey? Yeah, it's an, a very interesting. It's so funny, though. I mean, I think as an entrepreneur, you, 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 you go through stages, right? So my first stage was all I want to do is work from home. I, I hate this job. I need to get out of this job. That was, that was stage one, right? And so I, I got there. You know, I took a little bit of time, but I, I learned stuff from Robert, like I mentioned, and I, I got there. And I was, I was working from home. Then I realized I hate working from home. It's so boring. <laughs> you know, I don't like it. And there's no people around. I'm on my own and it's not for me. And so then I thought to myself, well, I want to actually create more value. I want to create some kind of an impact now at that point. So what can I do? So then we got interested in teaching and all of that. And then when we started building that business, it was funny because I remember a guy, a guy called Dave Miz. He was in the dating industry. I just knew him as a, a from Facebook groups or whatever. And he said to me, he said, Stephen, like the stuff you guys are teaching, it's really good. You're teaching tangible stuff, uh, no BS, whatever. You know, you guys are going to do well from this. Uh, I think you could be doing like, but he was like a hundred grand a month or something. He said, you know, eventually. I was like, wow, that's because we've been doing that in the e-commerce world, but obviously that's not all profit. And then of course in a in a different world that was like, geez, that, that sounds amazing. You know, I've never seen that before. And then we, we got there, you know, relatively quickly and uh, with the help of a, a, an affiliate that we happened to build a relationship with. And then of course, you know, we started to see, well, that business is cool. It's making us money. We didn't have a team then. So we ended up like, we're teaching all, all these people what we we're teaching them. But then we got kind of stressed out because we, we had no team. So then, then you get into this other stage where it's like, you kind of have to decide what you want to do. Do you want to keep it as a lifestyle business? Or do you want to grow it? And that's a choice that's very personal. It's something that we decided to, to, to grow it a bit bigger. That was our goal because we wanted to build a freight company and accountancy firm and all these different things we want to do as long-term businesses. And it just made sense because people couldn't get those services, etc. So my kind of point is now, you know, if, if our business was much smaller than it is today, we'd probably, I'd probably make more money personally However, I would pr I wouldn't have that long-term, more impact, uh, you know, driven goal. I wouldn't have the other long-term businesses that could eventually fund a complete retirement if I wanted to, if I sold them. Uh, so, so I and I know people. I, I mean, I know lots of people in the in the industry who who just have lifestyle businesses. Like one guy, I know well. He's a really good copywriter. He probably personally makes about you know three or four hundred thousand dollars a year. Pays a lot of that in tax, of course. But, you know, it, it, he makes a lot of, of cash. However, he's got no real freedom. He doesn't keep going, et cetera. So yep. I, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's, that's kind of uh, an answer to some question you asked me. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it very much. Um, yeah, so this is a, a spot that we talked about a little bit a few times, but I'm really interested. Um, on the website when I was reading about you, I noticed the words soul-crushing experience of working for somebody else. Isn't that the worst? Isn't yeah. that the like when I, uh, so I quit corporate America twice and the second time was about, uh, it'll be four years, is it four years, four years in October. I'm literally losing track. I don't know if it's three years or four years. I literally would yeah. like have to check. It might be three years. <laughs> I can't remember, but I remember coming home 
And I made about 80, 85,000 a year at the time. I was in human resources, hated my job, hated the people I worked for, hated what I did. And I was just telling my wife, I was like, hey, I'm going to quit my job. And she was like, what, what do you mean you quit your job? You find something new you want? I was like, I just want to work for myself like I used to. Because I used to do landscaping and lawn care for seven years through college. So I'd worked for myself in the past. I had built up a business. I'd experienced some success. So I knew what it tasted like. I knew what it felt like. I was like, I'm just tired of not having control of my time. Yeah. You know, two, two, three hours a day driving. Like, I don't want to do that. And I, I, I definitely resonated personally with that soul crushing description. I was like, you know, it sounds dramatic, but I got to a point where I was like, I'd almost like rather not be alive than keep doing this. Cause I just, I don't enjoy my experience on earth, you know? Yeah. No, it's interesting because, you know, some people, whenever I tell my story, they kind of say, well, you were quite young at the time. So, you know, who are you to kind of say that it felt like a soul crushing experience? I've heard yeah. that before, you know, but like at the end of the day, you can only talk about your experience and, yeah. and how you felt at the time. And for me, I think it was more because I had been, um, I'd been living this life where you know, the music thing was what I was going to do. And that was that, even though like, you know, you would have been, we were trying to get signed to record label at the time or whatever. You would have been an employee essentially, but it, yeah. it never really felt like that. You know, we didn't think of it that way. And so uh, we, I'd lived with all this kind of ideas of the freedom, the travel I was going to do. And I remember even in my, in my office, in the office I was in, I had on my computer screen, this like tropical, like, like Barbados or somewhere kind of, yeah. kind of environment, you know, yeah. but that was the furthest thing from, what I was able to even afford to go to those places and stuff like that. So I think the reason I felt that way, and I think the reason a lot of people listening feel that way is because like you, when you just have that feeling of you want to do something for yourself, but you're, but it's, it's, it's more this kind of belief system that you have, which is a very limiting belief system. And, and it's, you lose respect for yourself. If, if you feel like, well, my goal is to, to be free from this, to do other things, but, but you know yourself that you're naturally limiting yourself because you're like, I can't do it. I don't, I don't know how it's possible. Uh, and all of that. And you kind of lose this respect. And I think that's why I felt it was soul crushing because I was losing respect for myself yep. at the time. And I was losing yep. all that. So, and I, and I think honestly, like, I mean, I have such respect for people who decide, like, especially now I've, we just had our first child this year. Oh, and, congrats. You know, thank you. Yeah. And again, it, but it's a new thing. You know, I, I now have a more of an understanding though of when someone's in a job and if they have children or, or a, a wife or mortgage, whatever these things are, it's understandable that people feel like they're trapped. Like, but, yeah. but actually you're, you're not trapped. Mm -hmm. It's just that you've got to be prepared to put the things in place the action plan in place and you got to be also know it's going to take a little bit of time and that's okay and that's the other the other problem with the internet industry as a whole is that a lot of times people are promising kind of like overnight success and yep. i've never met anybody who succeeded overnight it's ne i've never met no anybody. me neither yeah you know it's interesting um i was on a facebook live as a viewer last night and this, you know how Facebook's actually really aggressive with those live algorithms. I was uh, on my computer and it popped up on my screen and Facebook wouldn't even open. I was like, really? We're doing that now? So I was like, let's <laughs> see what this guy's talking about. And this guy who I'm vaguely aware of him, but uh, he was like, you know, what do you do if you have family and friends that aren't supportive as you as an entrepreneur? So I was like, this is interesting for me. So I just sat back yeah. and watched for a while. And I finally made a comment. I was like, ignore your family and find new friends. And he read that out loud and he kind of, you, you kind of could see it. He was like, oh, like he had never considered that, you know, people that you're calling your friends, 
if all they're doing is telling you what you can't do, are they really your friends? Exactly. Or do they but, like you because they yeah. you make them feel better about themselves? You know, I, I think that's, that's huge what you're saying actually. Yeah. And a lot of times it's, it's because, and, and you, you, you probably, you might even get this now in your life. I certainly do, even though we've had a lot of, a lot of business success over the years, but still sometimes because they can't see it for themselves because they've not yeah. experienced it before. They sometimes, some people feel the need to bring you down because by bringing you down, they feel better about their own situation. And I, and that's yep. a, again, there's a great book I read. It's, it's, it's uh, called the success principles by Jack Canfield. And that was the book that changed, I suppose, changed my life, turned my life around in a big way. Mm-hmm. And the first principle of that book is you have to take 100% responsibility for your life and yep. for your actions. And I know people might say that. And then, but then I always say to people like, well, do you, like, do you read? I know you're really honest with it because I think if people were really honest with themselves, a lot of the you know BS excuses that are out there, like that, that we hear all the time, that that I get the excuses, like you know I don't have time. Well, it's not that you don't have time; it's the same amount of time as everybody else. It's just mm-hmm. that it's not important enough for you to really make the time. Uh, I think that's one. You know, another one would be like I have a family, which again I understand that's a big commitment and all of that. But at the end of the day, you've got to work together collaboratively with your family to create the situation where you're all a team, you're working towards something and it's more of a collaborative thing than a, you know, I'm out on my own trying to do this and everyone's against me kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, so I think it's like responsibility is huge. And, and, and I, it's my belief anyway, for me, when I was in my job, before I learned all these entrepreneurial mindsets and belief shifts, I didn't take full responsibility for my life. I blamed everybody else for my situation. Yep. I blame my, my I blame my parents that they weren't entrepreneurs that they yep. didn't like tell me all this stuff when I was a kid. I blamed school environment. I'm from a small town in Ireland. No, nobody's very successful where I come from, so I can't be. And all this crap, like, and that's all it is. But it, it, sometimes you can go one of two ways. You can like be the soccer mom, patting everybody in the back. It's all oh, it's okay. Or you can say like. What you believe is, is not, it's not true. You've just created this belief for yourself to protect your own, um, your, yourself. And again, at the end of the day, that's a tough pit, pillow, uh, pillow. Okay. A tough pill. <laughs> tough pillow as well though. It's a tough pill for everybody to swallow, but it, it's pretty critical, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is uh, completely unrelated to anything we've talked about, but I keep wanting to ask you, uh, what instrument did you play or did you sing or what did you do with music? Yeah. I sang and I played the guitar. Yeah. Nice. I was actually try and pull out some of the songs and get them on my website or something. There just you go. Give it a go and laugh at the, some of the songs were quite good. Some of them were awful, but uh, yeah, that's, that's what I did. And I, I still play a little bit like just myself. And yeah. It's funny that too, though, uh, you know, Jason, because as you, as you get into business, it's very, very easy to forget Yep. The thing you used to like to. Yeah. And I think it's important to go back and like, if you do have passions, if you do have hobbies, your life doesn't have to be just about hustling and grinding and all. No. It just doesn't like, and I, and I actually kind of reignited some of the things I was really into over the last year. And it's been a nice, it's nice to feel like it's a hobby. It's not something I have to make a, a living from because I yeah. think if you're trying to be an entrepreneur, it's just, it's a natural thing. Like you, it's like the people that, you know, they pick up fitness or whatever, and then they become a personal trainer the next week. Yeah. It's like people feel like I have to make money from something I'm interested in, but you, you really don't, you know? Yep. It's uh, it's funny you say that because I find that my first year or year and a half in business, I would push so hard. I was basically working two full-time jobs. And when I look back at that, I'm like, 
man, there's some days that I was working 18 or 20 hours a day, but there's, there's a, a point of a negative return on your time. Like it, at what point in the day am I operating at 20% of my potential? Cause my mind is so cloudy. So, uh, we actually live on a golf course now. And when I oh. moved here, I didn't like to golf, but now I absolutely love golf. So and I'm, funny. Uh, it's so, it's so interesting how that works, but it's great. Like sometimes I'll just say, you know what, I'm going to go play nine and I'll just leave my office and play. And then when I come back, I'm so focused on work that maybe I work another four hours, but I'm a monster for four hours and I'm yeah. more productive in those four hours than I was in the old 12 or 16 hour role. So I used to be all grind and no play. Then I was like, wow, I'm actually better. And the results are, are better when I purposely make time to take care of myself to sleep and to break away for recreation. So 100%. I actually picked up golf last year myself. Yeah. It's a hard game, yeah. isn't it? Oh, man. It's, it's, a, it's a great <laughs> game for anybody who's an entre- who wants to be or is an entrepreneur, I think. Because it, I, I'd like to share this because I think it's a really sure. poignant thing I learned from golf. And, and Rory McIlroy said it. A lot of other golfers said it. But I heard him say it recently in an interview. And he said, you know, the thing about golf is it's a game of misses, right? Mm. So you actually miss pretty much every shot you hit. And it's really good for your mentality, actually, because you, you, get, you learn very quickly to get over disappointment because you hit a bad shot, you hit it, yeah. it was your responsibility, you did it, whether you like it or not. That's number one. Yeah. But then you realize, you know, no matter where I hit the ball, I always have an opportunity to make up for it. Um, yeah. My next shot or my next shot. And I think in business, it's the same. It really is. The, even in marketplace superheroes world, a lot of our clients, you know, they are trying to make everything perfect. They're trying to get all their products absolutely perfect from the get-go. And that stops them from actually moving forward and, and investing in something. And it doesn't matter what business you're in, it's the same thing. Whereas if you were to take that mentality of like, you know, I'm never going to get it perfect. But once I have something in my hand, now I can do something with it. Whereas if I have nothing to begin with, I've got nothing I can do with it anyway. So that was just a great lesson that golf taught me. And it's, it's really, I really think about it in everything I do now. Yeah, Rory. I'm a huge fan of Rory. What a what a good golfer and what a good guy. I like him. Yeah, one twelve yeah. million dollars the other day. So that was pretty nice. I think it was fifteen, <laughs> wasn't it? Oh, yeah, twelve million pounds. That's right. Yeah, yeah, fifteen million dollars. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure his sponsors probably cut him a check for another fifteen million. So <laughs> I bet he's okay. getting three meals a day. <laughs> no, no, and there was no funnels that were used in the creation of them. Even more impressive. <laughs> Very nice. So let me ask you this. Where do most people go wrong when trying to sell items on Amazon? So just maybe two or three big areas that you see the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. And I like to try and apply these same rules to every business so that no matter what you're listening to today, you can take value because it's the same stuff. Every business is the same pretty much. Uh, So the the biggest mistakes uh, with when, when selling products on Amazon really number one it's what I said a second ago. People don't actually get started. It's a huge mistake. I see all the time. They yeah. try to be a perfectionist. And that's a huge mistake we always see. Another big area of mistake is not thinking long term. Again, apply, apply to any business. If you're speaking to a supplier, let's say you're going to do a trial order to test the water with a new product that you're going to bring across uh, from from the far east, if you're getting it from there or whatever, to the U.S., say. Mm-hmm. Well, you bring it into stock and then, you know, you're like, oh, well, I have to, I want to order less than the minimum order. So I'm getting a bad, not a good price. So I'm not going to make any money on this first order. So I, I just won't do it. And it's like, yeah, but if you thought long term, you'd realize that, you know, you're, you're, yeah, you're not going to make money on the first order. But every subsequent order, if that proves to be the product that you think it can be, that's where you make your money on the long term. And again, it's the same in any business. It's like, 
not only that, it's like, I got to get my product photography done. I got to trademark my brand. These are all costs in people's minds. But what they don't realize is I actually just spoke to my attorney if, before we get on here. And we were sort of talking about the idea that like, think about Nike, right? Well, whenever Phil Knight or whoever went and actually trademarked the, the swoosh and whatever on, on the first day, it cost him the same amount of money to trademark that as anybody else. But look what that trademark has turned into from a value standpoint. So what if he hadn't trademarked that properly? Well, you know, it would be worthless now. So I think it's like thinking long term is incredibly important. And there's this weird thing. I don't know if you see it, Jason. I see it all the time, though. I think people have this expectation that you can start a business with, you know, $10 and uh, a, a nice smile and you're going to be successful, you know. And that's just, this is not reality. I mean, you've got you've to put an investment into your business because – what you got to understand, and this changed my whole perspective on life in general, it's from, it's Robert Kiyosaki material pretty much, but it's like, you got to start thinking about front loading your business, front loading everything you do. And this is a big mistake. People don't think about a front loaded asset. And all that is, you put work in at the start, you put money in at the start, you create the asset, you bring it in, you develop it, and then you sell that for the long term. And you make the money on, well, the back end, we might call it, right? On the long tail. And that's a big issue. Don't not think in long term, trying to make money from, from the get go, et cetera. And then the third one on, on that point then is people take money out of their business too quickly. You know, they make some money, they get some success. And what do they do? They try to draw money out quickly because they want to quit their job. And it's the same in any business. It doesn't matter what you're selling. And that's cool. It's all, it's fine to draw money from your company, but you, your company has got to be able to sustain that. So a typical rule we go with is whatever the profitability is, we could have 33, 33, 33. I keep 33, company 33, 33 for other. And that's a nice that's a nice way to look at it. But I think it's important to say that in any company really, and I've started a lot of businesses now, and, they, and many of them very successful, some not as successful as others, but every one of them, you know, I didn't take very much money for the first one, two years. And again, I think in the modern society we live in, there's this, a real expectation that I'm going to be personally earning a lot of money early on. And I think it's just a real mistake because it's great to make a lot of money, but coming back to your early question, it's so funny because let's say you make $250,000 in Ireland, for example, and in many States in America, it's going to be the same thing. If you personally make that, you're going to pay anywhere from 33 to 50% of that back in tax. So is this kind of thing of make as much money as you can, which I understand, but then you got to go, well, where's the point where, it just becomes silly because I could have taken that money. I could have built my business longer term and down the line, I could have either sold or liquidated my business. And that's the problem that we're in this world of, I got to draw as much as I can from my business. And I think it's a big mistake. Yep. Absolutely. Very, very good. So I guess on the, the backside, and you've touched on some of this already, but if you just had three simple kind of bullet point tips that you would offer my audience based on everything we've talked about so far, what would you tell them? Number one, fulfill demand, don't create demand. Very simple. Mm -hmm. uh, on Amazon, for example, it's like you can go see something that's selling because you're finding it. You see it's oh. selling. It's got a bestseller rank, et cetera. Uh, but then you, you fulfill the demand. Don't go and think, I like yoga, so I'm going to sell yoga products. Because, yeah, maybe the demand will be good on Amazon for a yoga product. I'm sure it is. There's massive demand. But then well, what about the competition? This crazy competition. Am I going to be able to come in and compete in that market uh, without, you know, really world-class marketing? If no, if I'm a complete beginner, I probably shouldn't do it. So fulfill demand, don't create demand. 
Secondly, when it comes to our methodology of Amazon, we typically sell less competitive items that make a small number of sales in multiple Amazon countries every single day. And what that means is we don't have to be a world-class marketer to sell those kinds of products. We can run some very simple PPC on Amazon. We can do some very simple optimizations and we can do well. Again, bringing that back to, to business now, if you're a complete beginner um, and you want to get into, say, the, the health uh, niche, and you're interested in bodybuilding or something like that, you should really pick a more long tail niche down version of bodybuilding to begin with because you're never gonna rank for bodybuilding on YouTube if you have a YouTube channel or something like that early on. I mean, you're just not gonna. It's too competitive. Not to say to give up or anything, but know that you're gonna need to approach it in a very different way to what you might have thought about in a more or less competitive niche. Um, and then a third big one, I think it's huge, just a mindset thing. You got to focus your life on being a producer, not a consumer. And that comes from the Millionaire Fast Lane book by NJ DeMarco. It's a brilliant book. And that's a big lesson I learned in that. You know, how many times in life do we go around consuming all the time content, courses, you know, all these different things and we don't do anything with them. It's so common. I see it all the time with my clients. I wish I didn't, but I do. I see it outside my world, you know, and every other world we're part of, you see it as well. And it's all down to the fact that people are trying to avoid failure rather than embrace success. We all know that. That's a very common marketing principle and it's a, and it's a true principle of life. And it's an unfortunate one because people wonder why only a small number of people uh, you know, control so much of the wealth in the world. And okay, there are certain you know, historical reasons for that. But also many times, you know, if you look around you, and Warren Buffett said this once, if you look at all the, the kids in the class in school, if you think back to when you were in school mm -hmm. and then think about who is the, the person you thought would become the most successful, who would they be? Who would you invest your future life savings in? Who would you bet on? And he's like, every time you think about it, it's never going to be the most obvious person, never going to be the smartest, never going to be anything like that. It's going to be people with intangible and the characteristics that are incredibly important for success. And one of those big intangibles is how can you be almost dumb enough to just get out of your own way and produce rather than just keep on consuming? So sometimes it's good to be dumb because you're not smart enough to know not to do something. And I think that can be a big benefit. So produce, don't consume would be my third one. Yeah, those are great. And I really like the one you said about um, you know fulfilling an existing demand because I see this all the time where you know, in the digital marketing space where I'm focused my attention, people will say, hey, I'm going to start an ad agency and I'm going to focus on <laughs> dentists with the name Derek. And I'm like, how'd you come <laughs> up with that? And I said, well, everybody says niche down. So that's my niche. But I'm like, you're creating a niche that might be so narrow that you're not going to be able to get any work. Like, yeah. why would you decide the niche before you've made a dollar? And they're like, what do you mean? But everybody says this. I'm like, Niching down is great, but be open enough to see the niche and then pivot into the niche. I agree with that. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. let's not make this harder than it needs to be. And one thing I've been on a big kick with lately is Facebook groups, because if you join the conversation and you pay attention in a space where you might have potential clients, you're going to see the pain points. You're going to see Absolutely. the same questions brought up day in and day out. And you're going to see most people are like, go here, figure it out. Most people won't take that extra second and actually give them a personal answer. And it's unbelievable what happens through your group growth and messenger. If you just give people a few minutes of your time, people will reach out to you, connect, and it's like, oh my gosh. So there, there's no replacement for the human element. You know, technology no, yeah. changes it, but it doesn't do yeah. it. 
hundred percent. And you're, you're a hundred percent. I love what you're saying on that actually for anybody listening, because obviously we have so many different companies now. We, I, you know, we see all these different things. And, and the one big thing you said there, which is very important is you need to speak to people. And that's the thing, like, I mean, if I was to give myself advice back when I was starting, because I used to do copywriting and stuff like that for clients yep. when I was coming up and trying to make some additional, some money. And I used to just like, you know, I'd be floundering around trying to find clients rather than just thinking, okay, uh, where's your, where's our client I can just go speak to right now. So look outside my door. Oh, I see an attorney's office. Yep. Our solicitors, we come, let me go speak to them. Let me just go, let me, <laughs> let me offer to work for them for free yeah. just to get some experience because again in the digital marketing space that's the thing that really would frustrates me anyway is yeah. that you know um people they they don't want to they don't they want to make as much money as they can i get that but they don't but if they're not good enough it's like it doesn't matter but but being really skilled is incredibly important like yeah. I, I i i can look at a company now who are, who are an online education business or a course company i know exactly how to make that company grow doesn't matter what industry they're in. I just know what to do. I've done it so many times. And so like, if I wanted to, I could go out and consult them, whatever, but I'd have the confidence and certainty to prescribe this to them. The problem in your beginning, if you don't have that experience, you don't even know what niche you want to be in, you're like, you're, you're the least certain person in the room. So yeah. the, the, where you get that certainty is just working with people, seeing things as they are, and then going, oh, wow, well, I didn't, I didn't like, like what you were saying, pivot into a niche. I didn't even realize, you know, attorneys or whatever they should be email on their email list all the time and they never do i didn't even think about that yeah. well i could be the email marketing specialist for attorneys now all of a sudden you have this interesting it's a niche within a niche you're the email marketer for attorneys but then all of a sudden it, your life becomes easy because it's like well i'm just going after different types of attorneys now and i'm building up my my dream 100 list or whatever I, i'm, I'm going to create strategic alliances blah 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 blah, blah to get these clients and it becomes easy then but the, the problem is i think Nobody wants to kind of plant the flag and go, this is what I'm going to go after. And I don't care if I make no money. I'm just going to start here and see what happens. And I think that's because we're all, what are we trying to do? Trying to avoid the, the potential rejection of speaking to someone. They say, no, not interested or whatever. So just go work for free. It's the best way to get started, uh, I think. And I, I used to do a lot of that. And it builds your network too, so you can't lose. Yeah, and you can get some social proof. Hey, I'll work for free, but you got to write me a review. Uh, I heard you say Dream 100, so I know that you're a Russell Brunson fan. Uh, couldn't help but noticing your yeah. site was built beautifully on ClickFunnels, so congrats yeah. there too. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. we're uh, big fan of uh, what the guys do. We've Actually, now I, I never really get into too much. I'm an Irish person, so we're not really, don't really brag very much. We do five two comic club awards now, which I'm really happy about. Nice, that's uh, so cool. I think we get the X one soon, I think. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but it's cool, you know. It, it, look, it, Russell is great, and I think one other thing I would leave everybody to think about actually with that is it's good to go back to the source as well. Like the thing to understand with Russell, as great as he is, he says himself, you know, a lot of the material he's learned has yeah. come from somewhere. So I, I, I've gone back to for for a few years now, I've gone back to Dan Kennedy, Jay Abraham, yep. people like that, and it's amazing because there's there's a whole there's all this depth in this material as well that you can learn. And I think you need the depth in order to become really good at it and, and to start finding like new ways of doing things. Just a practical example for you with marketplace superheroes, you know, we understand, we understood that we sell our main course, you know, for 997, 97 by 12. We're like, what would happen if we just, you know, took down the friction for people to join and we just tried like now and again, we offer a free trial for seven days. 
for example. But, but nobody, no one really does that in the information space, really. It's starting to happen a little more now. But that was one simple thing of like, you know, it's not, there's no path to follow, but there's a principle there. It's an old principle. Take down the friction, test it out. And of course, you get these kind of breakthrough results. And so my long and short of it is Russell is fantastic. Uh, you can learn so much from him. But I think as well, if you just follow the exact same path that everybody else is following within that world, you can kind of become very samey. So you got to try at times to, to figure out other, other like principles, things that you know, and then apply that with the proven models already out there. And you can really start to differentiate yourself a lot, a lot even more. And I'm not saying anything negative. I'm just kind of yeah, talking through my process, really. Yeah, I appreciate that. Very nice. Um, so what's next for you? What do you have on the, the calendar for the rest of 2019 for either you or your business? Yeah, so one thing I've been doing, I mentioned that actually, I took on a small number of clients this year in the who have like online courses and stuff like that. And I've been just seeing, you know, can we can we implement all the systems we have and what, what will happen? So we've actually done really well with that. People have scale our businesses quickly. So I'll probably take on a few more of those clients. I've enjoyed that. And then after that, really, it's just, you know, we're consistently growing Marketplace Superheroes into a, a bigger platform, a better platform. We're constantly looking for ways to partner with more people and, uh, and, and build up our audience more because we're really trying to build a long-term platform where eventually we can pivot into other areas of uh, entrepreneurship and have real mentors in our world so people can come and learn from real people doing the business because that's a big thing we have, uh, a big belief we have. And then really it's just growing the services that we have because we're trying to build up our freight business. It's a really cool uh, way we do things actually. We've kind of fused a lot of the stuff we know about membership sites and that with a freight business. So they pay a mem our members pay a membership fee for the year and then we actually slash their freight costs. So it's things like that are cool. You nice. know, we want to build that up and maybe sell it down the line. Who knows? Hmm. So yeah, it's our world is very busy. <laughs> but it's awesome. good. Yeah, sounds like it's going great. So if somebody listening or watching would like to learn more about you or your company, what's the best way they can get in touch with you? Yeah, definitely uh, marketplacesuperheroes.com is a, a great place to go. And out of that, you know, we've got a great YouTube channel, lots of good content on there for, for Amazon-specific stuff. But if you want to just reach out to me, there's a secret tip I'm giving people now, podcasts only, and that is I have a very small Instagram following. So if you, if you add, if you follow me on Instagram, send me an Instagram message, I'll actually get it. So <laughs> if you want to ask me a question, you can do it there. So Stephen J. Go. Summers. There you go. Yeah. Very nice. Well, I really appreciate your time today, your expertise, and uh, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks for having me on, Jason. I really appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. All right. We are back to the podcast. What'd you guys think? He's got a pretty cool business, doesn't he? Steven, I know you're listening, man. Uh, appreciate your time, your expertise, and the uh, you know the comic relief and the fun we had. Good stuff, man. Uh, if anybody listening would like to check out the show notes, learn more about Steven and Marketplace Heroes, you can go to intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash episode 180. We'll have some show notes there. And uh, from that same spot, um, you can check out all the different podcast episodes we've had as well. So, as always, I appreciate your ear. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Hope things are going great for you. And if not, that's all right. Everybody has ups and downs. Keep chugging. Keep moving forward. Till next week, see you soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of the show. To keep up with everything that we're doing, please visit intentionallyinspirational.com. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out our video podcast on YouTube. See you next time.